0: morning to the 19th chapter of Luke. Appreciate all the testimonies and Brother Sammy's testimony this morning and appreciate the song. And I like to try to uh, cross-reference scripture with uh, the songs while people are singing. Of course, the old hymns, it's pretty easy to do. A lot of them more scriptural than most sermons today. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, she's talking about the Lord uh, would do good. And Jeremiah said that I know the I know the thoughts concerning me that they're good. And I talk thought God's thoughts concerning the people of Israel uh, was good. And God's thoughts concerning Jeremiah and us that are saved. And then she talked about the earth that was going to perish. And, and Peter said, uh, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord's a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. But the day of the Lord will come in which the earth shall pass away with a fever and heat and elements thereof shall be dissolved. Seeing then all these things shall come to pass, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy and godly conversation looking for and hastening the day. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 11 of chapter 19, page 1102, if you have a Schofield Bible. If it's a King James Bible, it will read like this. If you don't have a King James Bible, it's going to sound funny. He said, As they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, Therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned having received the kingdom and when he had commanded the servants to be called unto him to whom he had given money that he might know how much ever man should gain by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an astrew man, who takest up what thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow." He saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an ostrew man, taking up that I lay not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then us not thou my money unto the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds." For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not even that which he hath shall be taken away from him, but those my enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Thank you. you may be seated, Our fathers, we come to you, Lord, this morning. we're thankful, Lord, to be able to be assembled together. Uh, Lord with the church today and we pray that our coming together that it would be for the better not for the worst as uh, Paul told the Corinthian church and uh, fathers we uh, come this morning we thank you for what Lord that you have done in the month of January what you are doing and Lord what is remained to be done we thank you father and uh, Lord this morning we ask that you'll bless the preaching of the word of God I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be me, but it'd be Thee. And, uh, Lord, I pray the thoughts that I have did not originate in my own heart, uh, but I pray the Lord uh, spoke them to me through His Word, and, uh, and Lord, is leading and guiding today in the message. Lord, save the one that's lost today, maybe several lost today. I pray today might be the day of their salvation. And, Lord, I pray for those that are saved that Lord, we might not settle in, that we might not become uh, laodicean, uh, Lord, in our thoughts and words and actions, but uh, I pray you might stir us up and help us to stir up the gift of God within us, and we'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name, Lord, amen and amen. Uh, first Sunday in January, January 1, first Sunday morning, I preached a message that morning out of First Kings were in chapter 1 that uh, Bathsheba uh, made the statement and she said, Who shall sit upon the throne? And uh, we used that uh, as a a preaching subject that morning and made reference to the fact that usually in the nation of Israel, how things went depended upon who sat upon the throne. Uh, If the Lord was a uh, godly king sitting upon the throne, things usually went pretty well. But if it was uh, an ungodly king, and the Bible would usually say they walked not in the ways of their father, and things usually didn't go too well. And I guess I got more uh, response from that sermon than any I've preached in quite a while. And uh, people, uh, even as much as this last week, uh, people had said something about it and uh, and I don't know how long that folks are going to keep Christ on the throne of their heart, but I think that day some people did because I've seen some actions out of their life in this last month that let me know that Christ is on the throne and not them themselves. Well, this message is a close akin to it today, and this will be the last message of January. The first message was who was set upon the throne. Uh, but this message is out of verse 14 where the Bible said, we will not have this man to reign over us. Well, first of all, this is a parable. The Bible tells us that in verse number 1. It said he spake a parable unto them. So it's a parable that Jesus is speaking here. He often did that. Secondly, it's a parable about the postponement of the kingdom. Verse 11 said that he spoke this parable because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. They thought the Lord was going to immediately set up His kingdom and they were looking for a a king much different than what the Lord came. A king in a royal robe. A king with a a great army and was going to take over. Uh, But uh, The kingdom uh, could have come then but uh, they didn't receive him. They wouldn't receive the king. You can't have the kingdom brought in if you don't receive the king. Bible said he came into his own. His own received it not. And then it's uh, also we know in verse uh, verse thirteen that it is a parable, uh, not only a parable but a parable about the postponement of the kingdom. And it is a parable uh, about pounds. The Bible said he gave unto every man a pound. Now, uh, sometimes we use that as talents. The Lord gives somebody five talents, somebody one. But really, in the context, it it is a monetary thing, and uh, it's talking about you know each pound was worth so much. Uh, but we look at this, and again, I want to emphasize that statement that was made, and they said, "We will not have this man to reign over us." Now. This, uh, that statement has a past application. You say, what do you mean? Well, that's always been the problem. Uh, all the way back to the very beginning in the garden, the problem was that they didn't want somebody to be reigning over them. And uh, in the past, that's the problem all the way down through the Bible. And all the way is because people don't want the Lord to reign on their life. But yet this is prophetic because we know there's coming a day when the Lord will reign. And uh, when we go over that model prayer, we finish up there and we say, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, uh, We read about uh, the reign of Christ in the book of the Revelations and so we know that this reign is prophetic. Uh, uh, But this morning I want to make a personal application this morning out of this parable and uh, they said we will not have uh, this man to reign uh, uh, over us uh, uh, this is the heart cry of the world we don't want him uh, this is a heart cry when they brought Christ out and he said do you want Christ or you do you want Barabbas and they said give us barabbas and then He said, what shall I do with Christ? They said, crucify him uh, uh, and his blood be upon us. In other words, we'd rather have Barabbas than have this man uh, to reign over us. Uh, uh, Well, it's not only the heart cry of those without in the world. We know the world don't want uh, Christ to reign in our life. Uh, But it also is the heart cry of many in the church. Uh, uh, Many in the church, uh, they're saved. Uh, I know the Lord, want to go to heaven, but they don't want the Lord to reign uh, uh, in their life. Uh, uh, They say, well, I don't want nobody to tell me what I'm going to do. I'm going to be my own man. I'll make my own decisions. I'll go where I want to go. I'll come when I want to come. Preacher, don't try to tell me what to do, amen. Uh, uh, Well, there's a lot of that in the church world today. Uh, but my text is uh, uh, that verse, uh, we will not have this man uh, to reign over us. Uh, uh, Well, uh, I want to say this this morning, and I want to ask the question, should this man reign over us? uh, Or should Christ uh, be reigning in our lives? Should he be Uh, making our decisions? Should he be directing where we go and uh, where we come? Should Christ do that? Well, I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, Why? Why should this man reign over us? Well, that's reasonable. I mean, uh, uh, somebody's going to run our life and direct our life. Uh, uh, I think it'd be all right to say, why should uh, uh, this man reign over us? Uh, uh, Why should Christ reign over my life uh, instead of myself? Uh, uh, Why should Christ reign over my life uh, instead of sin? Uh, Why should Christ reign over my life uh, instead of sin? of Satan? Uh, uh, Well I believe we find the answer here in our text today uh, and uh, I think that he should reign in our life Amen. Uh, I I think Jesus ought to be Lord uh, the Bible said, "If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord uh, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, now I'm not. I don't believe or preach or teach lordship, salvation. Uh, you say why? Because if I did, all oh, y'all'd be lost. Uh, uh, you say why? Well, you made Him Lord. You know, as being Christ and Lord. Uh, uh, but there's not nobody in this building or any other building or anywhere else that makes Him Lord twenty-four-seven. Uh, ever decision, ever action. Uh, uh, no, sir. Uh, uh, but I do believe that we ought to confess Him as the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, I do believe as much as lies within us. Uh, as much as a human being, as much as somebody saved with a Adamic nature, I I, I do believe uh, uh, that we ought uh, uh, to let Him reign in our life, Amen. Uh, you say what? When we don't let Him reign, we need to ask Him to forgive us and try to do better, Amen. Uh, uh, we all fail. We all come short of the glory of God. Uh, uh, save makes you save, not sinless, Amen. Uh, I like I like what one preacher said. Uh, He said Christians should sin less. Amen. Uh, They're not sinless, but they ought to sin less. Uh, So we look at this this morning in the Word of God. uh, And our first question I want to ask uh, is why should this man reign over us? Uh, Well, number one, first thing uh, is because of who he is. Uh, The Bible said a certain nobleman. Uh, Jesus is speaking of Himself in this parable. Uh, I hope you understand that, know that. Uh, uh, He is that certain nobleman. Uh, You say, what is a nobleman? Well, that's somebody that's kingly. Uh, That's somebody that's kingly. Uh, I I looked it up and it said it was somebody kingly uh, and it was somebody that was well born. Uh, uh, Do you know anybody more well born than Jesus was? Uh, Uh, I mean, uh, he was born well. Uh, uh, He was virgin born. Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive uh, uh, and bring forth a son. Uh, I'm glad, listen, he didn't have the blood of his father, Uh, uh, not the blood of Joseph. Uh, uh, Joseph wasn't his father. he was in a title sense, uh, uh, but his father was God. Uh, and he's the only one that's ever been born uh, and ever will be born uh, uh, that was born without sin. Uh, uh, you said, Preacher, you said he is kingly. That's right. When the wise men came, uh, uh, they said, Where is he? Uh, uh, not that's going to be, but where is he that was born uh, uh, king of the Jews? Uh, uh, so I think because uh, of his birth I think because uh, that he was born king I think that he ought to reign over our life uh, uh, to the best of our abilities amen uh, I want to say not only that because of who he was uh, uh, but because of where he went uh, you say what do you mean well the Bible said that you got it look at it a uh, uh, young preacher comes at my office I've known for thirty years. Uh, Uh, he come and sat in my office the other day, talked to me about an hour and a half, uh, and he'd got out of the will of God and got out of the ministry. uh, uh, But he blessed my heart that day. Uh, He said, Brother Rick, I've always loved you. I've always listened to you. And he said, even though I ain't been coming over there for years, uh, he said, I listened to you online. uh, And he said, Brother Rick, you've always been a... Bible preacher. I I said, thank you. I I said, I've never wanted to be a big preacher. I've never wanted to be a well-known preacher. The only thing I've ever wanted to be is a Bible preacher. Somebody that preaches the Bible. Amen. And the Bible said there in your Bible, the Bible said, that he went away into a far country. I, I, you say, where was that far country? Well, that speaks for the lance of his ascension, uh, of him going back to the Father. Do uh, you know anybody else that's did that? you know anybody else that's died and raised herself up on the third day and went back to the Father? Why, well, I, I tell you what, I think he ought to be the one to reign in our life I, I, because I don't know anybody else that did that but because of what he has. But there it is, said he went. He went to get for himself a kingdom. Jesus is a king, so he'd have to have a kingdom. And if you and I are saved, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness uh, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Amen. Amen? And so if we're in the kingdom, don't you think the king. Uh, ought to reign in our life. Don't you think that He ought to tell us uh, uh, what we ought to do and what we ought not to do. Don't you think that we ought to live to Him and not to our own selves? Don't you know that you're not your own? You're bought with a price and therefore we are to glorify God. Amen. I I, I say because uh, of of what He has. He has a kingdom. Amen. Uh, Look at it there. It's in your text. He said it because of what he's going to do. Verse 15. He says he's going to return. Amen. He went away, but he's coming back. He went away, but he's going to return. You know anybody else that went away has come back? Anybody lately? Anybody the last hundred years? I think because that he had the power to lay his life down... He had the power to take it up. He ascended back and sat down on the right hand of the majesty upon high. I think that he has every right and every reason to reign in our life. Amen. And if he was going to reign anywhere, he ought to reign in the life of a child of God. Somebody that's born again. Amen. I want you to know this. Because of what he's going to do, he's going to come again. But what he's going to do when he does come again? I, I, the Bible said there that he was going to call his servants unto himself. Yeah. Amen. Amen? So, what he's going to do when he comes back. He's going to call us unto himself. Amen. And we're going to the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm sure he'll have a lot of questions for us. You say, I've got a few for him. I don't think you'll be asking none. I think you'll be standing there like a leaf on a, on a tree in the autumn wind. I think we'll all be standing there shaking and a crying. Now, you say because we're not saved. Oh no, not because we're not saved. We're not there to see if we're saved or not. Uh, we'll decide that before we leave this world. Uh, uh, we're not going to be judged as a sinner, but we will be judged as a servant. Uh, and we're going to have to give an account to the Lord for what we've done in these bodies, whether they be good or evil. You say, how long is that going to take It don't matter. We've got plenty of time. Time is no more. Amen. He's going to call us. You see, a lot of people want the life of Christ. But they don't want the laws of Christ. They want the life of Christ. They don't want to go to hell. They want to go to heaven. Anybody in their right mind would. But a lot of people want the life, but they don't want to live under the king's laws. They don't want him to reign. A lot of people want the Savior, but they don't want the sovereign. They want him as a savior, but they don't want him as a sovereign ruling over their life. I'm asking you and myself the question this morning. I'm asking from the from the verse 14 when they said we will not have this man to reign over us. And my question is why should he reign over us? Because he did for us what nobody else did. He did for us what no one else was willing to do nor was worthy or able to do. He has every right to reign over our life. Second question. Not only why should this man reign over us, but where must this man reign over us? Jesus says here he was nigh to Jerusalem. Is he to reign over them there, nigh and around Jerusalem, or maybe over in Jericho, or, or, or maybe one of them surrounding towns? Is he to reign over us in Glasgow, Kentucky? Is he to reign over us in Barron County, is he to reign over our state? Is he to reign over our country? Uh, Where is this man to reign over us? Uh, It's right there in your Bible. The Bible says, verse 14, we will not have this man to reign over, circle it, us. He's not worried about reigning over Glasgow or Bowling Green or Kentucky, or even the United States. He wants to reign over us. Amen. He wants to reign in our life. The Bible said that you and I, that we are a a tripartite being. That means that we are a trinity. Amen. Man is made up of a threefold being. You say, why? Because we're made in the image of God, and God's a threefold being. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You say, you don't believe that, do you? I believe the Bible. And the Bible said, when Jesus went down into Jordan to be baptized, uh, there was the Son of God standing in the water. Uh, uh, There was a voice, the Father speaking from heaven, saying, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Uh, And there was a Spirit descending upon Him like a dove. Uh, All three of the Trinity is right there when Christ was baptized. Uh, uh, In Genesis 1, God said, Let us! in our image Uh, uh, who's there the Holy Ghost Uh, uh, God the Father and God the Son Amen Uh, I'm telling you this morning listen what I'm saying is He wants to rule over us Uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 uh, it said said that God sanctifies us uh, uh, body, soul, uh, uh, and spirit in other words the whole man's to be sanctified God is to rule over the whole man you remember Matthew Twenty two thirty seven, 37. And that lawyer came to the Lord. He said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? And the Lord said, to, He said, well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. He didn't like that. He said, what's the second? I can't do that and give me something else. He said, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He said on this hang all the laws and the prophets. What was he saying? He was saying the Lord wants to reign over us. He don't want to just reign over our soul when we get saved. Remember man is a a trinity. Man has a body, soul, and mind. God wants to reign over all of it. You say, my body, my body's uh, uh, demic, my body's fleshly, my body's wicked, and it wells no good thing in the flesh. Yeah, that's right. But the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, it said, know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives inside your body. You know what he said after that? He said, therefore glorify God. In your body. to glorify God in your body. People say, God don't care what you wear to church. But what do you write so much about it in there for? Somebody said, Lord don't care how you look, you come down to the church house. I thought the Lord said modest apparel. I thought, listen, if your best is a pair of faded blue jeans and holes in them and a t-shirt, if that's the best you got, glory to God, that's good enough. Wear it down there. Amen. Uh, But listen, I don't think we ought to come to church looking like we just come from the beach uh, or the swimming pool or the ballpark or the ball game. Uh, Now, I thank God for people that come from work and come down uh, and they got their uniforms on. I appreciate them coming. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're glad to have you here. I I appreciate them bringing the kids in uh, uh, and they just come from a ball game. Thank God for it. Amen. Uh, uh, But listen, when we got time and we're not in a rush, Uh, uh, we ought to come down to the house of God and when they see us come in and out of the grocery store and in and out of our car they ought to say them people look like they're going to church not camping out you say I ain't heard no preaching like this in a while don't blame me where you go to church he's to reign over our body amen we're to look like the Lord wants us to look amen Hey, I'm sorry. That Bible still says uh, uh, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's what the Bible said. I said I'm just preaching the Bible. Amen. Amen. Preach. Amen. The Bible still says a woman ought to look like a woman. Amen. Amen. He wants to reign over our body. What's that mean? That means that He wants to reign over her body. He wants us to look the way the Bible says we're supposed to look. Did you know He wants to reign over our mind? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, He said, He said, you're to love the Lord God with all thy soul and with all thy heart. Heart and mind is pretty much interchangeable in the Bible. Amen? In other words, the Lord wants to reign over my thinking. You say, What's that mean? I'm supposed to think right, and I don't always think right. But I need to bring every thought into the submission of Christ. Amen. Uh, And when I don't think right, I need to ask God to forgive me for it uh, and uh, try to reprogram my mind. Best way I know to reprogram your mind is read the Word of God, read the Word of God, read the Word of God. Uh, the Bible said, let us not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. How do you renew your spirit? Run the Word of God through your mind all day. I run the Word of God through your mind day and night. Amen. And let her clean your mind out. Amen. You see, if He rules over our life, He, he directs where we go, what we do, what we say, what we think, if He rules. You see, you watch people who get out of God's will. I've been watching them for 43 years. You watch people get out of God's will, you say, what will that do? That will keep you from getting out of it. If a person's really saved and serving God and they step out of the will of God... Boy, they got some chastisement coming if my Bible's right. They got some blessings withhold if my Bible's right. Amen? And so when you watch the lives of people that step out of the will of God, uh, uh, it'll make you want to stay in the will of God. You'll say, I'm glad I'm in the will of God. Amen? Uh, yes, sir. I've seen people over the years. I've been pastoring this church going on, what, 43 years? And I've watched a lot of people, you know, save, love the Lord. Had a big part in the church. But for whatever reason, but knowing to them and God, they stepped out of the will of God. And I've seen things happen to their family that I never in my pastoral mind would ever thought would have happened to their family. I've seen marriages fall apart that I thought you couldn't take a bulldozer and pull them apart. Amen? You say, what is it? Well, if you're a child of God, He's going to do everything He can to keep you in the will of God. He's not going to just let you go out there and do what you want to do and leave you alone when He loves you too much for that. And there's no way that a saved person that really been saved, made their call to an election sure, knew the Lord, there's no way you can leave here and go out there and go back to what you used to be and get any joy out of it. You say, why? Because if you've been saved and been in the center of God's will, you've had the best that there is. Amen. And there's nothing no better than that and you're not going to find it out there. And if God were to let you enjoy it out there, you'd never come back. But that prodigal son, he didn't enjoy it. He said... In my father's house are many matches. I know what I'll do. He said, I'll arise and I'll go back to my father's house. he got bread to spare. Don't you think so? He wants our body, he wants our mind. He wants our soul. Are you saved? See, you need to be saved. Psalm forty-four twenty five said, Our soul is bowed down. We need to bow our soul down to the Lord and say, Lord. I'm giving it to you. I'm going to let you have it. Who was it? Jim Elliott said a man's a fool to try to to keep what he can't keep. How's that go? He said a man is a fool to try to save what he can't save to give it to somebody so that he can't lose it. Amen. That's paraphrased, but that's pretty much what he's saying. In other words, here it is. He's saying what the Bible said. Jesus said that if you save your life, you'll lose it. If you save your life, you say, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to get saved. I'm not going to follow the Lord. He ain't going to reign over me. Well, you keep that attitude. You're going to lose it all. You're going to lose your own soul. That's what Mark 8, 36 said. But if you give this little span of time, you know, 80 years maybe at the most. If you give this life to Christ, you'll have a better life and you won't lose your soul. Now I'm bragging on these young folks and I am, I'm proud of them. I tell these young folks, best thing you can do is give your life to Jesus Christ when He calls and knocks on your heart's door to let Him in, let Him rule and reign over your life. And I'll tell you what, that'll be the best life you could ever have It's to let Jesus Christ rule and reign over your life. That'll be the best life you could ever have. Amen. See, I got saved when I was 10. But I, I wouldn't have this man to reign over me in my teen years. But I'm so glad the Lord... Put the fear of God in my heart about 24 years old. And I came back to an altar and asked the Lord, I I didn't get saved again. You can't get saved but one time. But I came back. I came back and I said, Lord, uh, forgive me in so many words. Lord, I wouldn't let you reign, but Lord, I want you to reign. can I tell you the last 45 years of my life have been the best years of my life? You I, I say, why? Because he's reigning, amen. He makes the decision, he tells you what to do, he tells you where to go. That's what I'm saying. Where must this man reign over us? Right here. Right here. That's where he wants to reign. You can't, make him, you can't make your wife let him reign. You can't make your husband let him reign. You can't make your kids let him reign. you have to do that yourself. The Bible said, why should we? The Bible said, uh, we will not have this man to reign over us. Why should he reign over us? Because he's got every right to. The Bible said he bought us with a price. If you buy something, can't you do what you want to with it? That's the way it ought to be, ain't it? The Bible said, where must this man reign over us? Right here! But the last question I want to ask you this morning is when will this man reign over us? It's in the text. It's all right there. You see, the Bible said, look at your verse, we will not have this man reign over us. When will he reign over us? When our wills changed? See, they said we will not. We will not. This man reign over us. You know when he will reign? When you will him to? Lord's gentleman, Holy Spirit's a gentleman. God has given us a free will. We see that from Genesis all the way through. Amen. We don't have to let him rain. We're we're all living proof of that. We don't have to let him rain. There's a handful it has. You say, when did they let him rain? When they willed to. When God comes in there and turns the light off, on and you start to see. You know what every lost person always says in visitation? go to talk to them about the Lord, they always say, Preacher, I can't see it. They're not lying. They're telling the truth. They can't see it. Because the Bible said we're blind till we get saved. Amen. But aren't you glad for that day the Lord come in and turn the light on? Amen. You saw that you was lost. You saw that Christ died for your sins. You saw that there was another option other than going to hell. You saw that Christ would save to the uttermost all them that come to God by Him. you got the light on. The Bible said the path of a just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. You say, what's that mean? As you walk in the light, the more light you get. When God turned the light on to you back when you got saved, you didn't know too much. You still couldn't see too far. But you started living for God, you started seeing little father, didn't you? You started seeing this church attendance thing. You started seeing this witnessing thing. You started seeing this tithing thing. You started seeing these things. What you used to couldn't see, now you can see. You say, why? Because the path of justice as a shining light, shineth more and more under the perfect day. But if you're lost 30 years, you still won't see nothing. You say, why? Because the Bible said in verse 19, the Bible said, for the wicked walk in darkness, they know not at what they stumble. They can't even see right in front of them lost till God turns the light on. I've got to will it. I've got a will for the Lord to take over my life. The Bible said, be not unwise what the will of the Lord is. You know what the will of the Lord is? It's to save you and to reign over your life as much as that's possible. That's the way to live the Christian life. That's the way to have a good life, is to let Jesus reign in your life as much as possible. When will this man reign over us? When you will him to. People sitting right here today that could look back in their mind and remember a service not when they got saved. But remember a service sometime later where they willed to the Lord to come into their life and to take over their life. Alright? Not only when a wheel is changed, look at your text. He said, We will not have this man reign over us when a word is dropped. Now read that verse again and take the knot out of it. He said, it it reads, we will not have this man reign over us. Now have God to help you untie the knot. And say, we will have this man reign over us. That's when it happens. Amen. Let me give you this. I'm talking about when will this man reign over us. I'm trying to help you. I'm not being mean to you. I love you. Uh, uh, as a pastor, I want to help you. I want to encourage you. I want to see people live for the Lord and have God's blessings in their life. Amen. But to have that to the fullest extent, you have to let this man reign in your life. If this message could sink into the heart of the people here in this church, it would transform this church. It would transform your life and your home. Amen? You say, you really believe there's a message that's life-changing? Salvation was, wasn't it? And this message here is life-changing if you don't just hear it, but if you do it, let this man reign. All right. you said there's a third thing, preacher, that's right. All the way down, verse 27. There's not only a wheel that needs to be changed and a word that needs to be dropped, But there's a warning that needs to be heeded. He said in verse 27 But those mine enemies, which would not that I reign over them, bring hinder and slay them before me. You say, What's that mean, preacher? I don't know. Don't sound too good, does it? I mean, I, I don't know what all that involves, but I know it ain't good. And I know the Lord said that if they wouldn't let Him reign over them, they were His enemies. How would they be His enemies? Because they're fighting, as Steve talked this morning, they're fighting against the will of God. Fighting against the will of God. So, last message, January 2023, should this man reign over us? Amen. First message, January 1, 2023. Who should sit on the throne? Those two things have got to be answered, and they're life changing. Amen. Now, don't go out of here and say that preacher's preaching sinless perfection. No, I'm not. I said it's the onslaught of this message. Nobody bats a hundred. But I need him set I need him sitting on the throne of my life a hundred percent of the time. But eighty percent would be a whole lot better than twenty percent, don't you think so? Amen. Well the Lord loves us. He wants what's best for us. The first best thing for us is if you're lost to get saved. That's the first best thing for it. But then the next best thing is once you get saved, you keep yourself submitted to Him. And you let Him reign over your life. You say, Preacher, I might live to be 80 years old. That's a long time. You don't have to let Him reign 80 years. Just one day at a time. Just one day at a time. Father, I thank you for the message that stirred my own heart. It stirred it in first Sunday in January, it stirred my own heart. I, I think I'd scooted myself on the throne a little bit.